You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We've got Max Muncy coming up on today's episode in just about two and a half minutes. But first, quickly want to remind you that today's podcast is brought to you by QCells, 76, UCLA Health, and Security Benefit. Harness unlimited energy from the sun through solar, a sustainable investment for energy independence. Curious to see if solar is worth it for you? Calculate your savings with QCells, the number one solar panel market share leader and official solar partner of the Los Angeles Dodgers. Visit QCells at www.q-cells.us to learn more today. When you get gas at 76, you can save up to 25 cents per gallon when you pay with a My76 app. So go ahead, count your savings cent by cent. 25 cents is a combined savings of 15 cents off per gallon, up to 30 gallons at participating 76 locations, and 10 cents off per gallon when you pay within the My76 app. Select payment methods may apply. Offer valid through September 30th, 2020. UCLA Health, official medical partner of the Dodgers, wants to remind you that you've got to continue to do your part to play for Team LA, and that means wearing a face covering when out in public still, but it also means that every Angelino has to keep up with their regular medical care. So do your part for your own health, for your family's health, and for your community's health. You can book a doctor's appointment or schedule a video visit. We need you on this team. The people of Los Angeles have shown that we're resilient as individuals, but we're unstoppable when we work together. From frontline healthcare workers, grocery store clerks, delivery drivers, folks working at home, everybody keeping their physical distance, regularly washing their hands, we all play for Team LA. Visit uclahealth.org to learn more about how you can do your part. Every winning season is built on a strong team, a team committed to executing a solid game plan. At Security Benefit, we want to help you and your advisor build your retirement game plan to help you stay committed during these uncertain times so that when it's time to execute, you know that you've got a solid team behind you. When it comes to retirement, losing is not an option. Talk to your financial advisor to see how you can plan for retirement. Security Benefit, proud sponsor of the Dodgers. We've reached double digits. It's episode 10. And coming up on episode 10 of Off Air with Joe and Oral, our guest is Max Muncy. He takes us inside his exchange with Madison Bumgarner on that Get It Out of the Ocean home run, the anniversary that was this week, by the way, and also why his senior prom only lasted a half hour. Dave Roberts, of course, on his top simple pleasures, those top four, and that'll lead him into his thoughts on the ongoing negotiations to get baseball back which is what we all want. Let's get baseball back, huh? All that and more coming up on episode 10 of Off Air. Hit it, Frankie. Max, I feel like we should let you know that Oral has the flu bad. It's not good. He's he's braving through it in order to do this interview because he really wants to talk to you. So this will be his flu game, his podcast flu game. Do you have a flu game in your baseball life? Um, yeah, I mean, there's been games I've played where I've been sick. Um, none really stick out except for maybe uh, in 2018 uh, when – it was our first trip to Colorado. I got extremely sick. Um, and I actually got sent back to the hotel for one of the games. Um, just wasn't even, they did, they just sent me back to the hotel. So I wasn't even there in uniform. Um, the next day I wasn't playing either cause I was still sick, but, uh, I was actually there in uniform, got a pinch hit, hit a home run. And then that was, that was my night. I was done. Wow. 
Were you nervous running the bases? <laughs> a little bit. I wasn't sure what was going to happen there. Um, you know, cause I, obviously, I didn't go out for BP or anything, and uh, you know, I was. They they said we may need you to pinch it, and so I uh, I went to the cage and started swinging, and I was like, this is not going to go over too well. <laughs> I guess that's the way to do it, though, is just to hit it into the seats as opposed to. Can you imagine hitting a triple into the gap at Coors Field with uh, not feeling right? Uh, I wouldn't have made it. I would have stopped it second for sure. Maybe even yeah. stopped it first. Who knows? How about having to stand on the on the base path, just waiting for like two pitching changes, a long inning, and you got you're just cramping up. It's like, oh no, let's go. There was a lot of bad scenarios that could have happened, and uh, thankfully the the best one did happen. So that's awesome. Well, now that we got that out of our system, uh, how you doing? How how bored are you at this point? As we sit here in mid June with no baseball yet, we're pretty bored. Um, you know, it, at first it was nice. You know, you get to spend a little extra time with family that you don't usually get. But uh, unfortunately, we're wired in a different way to where this is the time of year that our bodies are used to being out there every single day. Um, whether it's at home or on the road, we're used to just playing baseball this time of year. And so it's uh, uh, like I said, at first it was nice. But now um, I think we're all going pretty stir crazy. How are you filling up your extra free time? Uh, a lot of family time, playing with the dog, playing with the cat. Um, and just watching TV shows, uh, trying to become a better cook a little bit, um, working on it. Yeah. How's that going? What are you, what are you cooking? Oh, it's good. Um, you know, you just got to experiment with things. You know, you never know what's good until you try it. You cooking indoors or outdoors? Um, indoors right now we have a, we have, we have a grill coming on the way that, uh, we'll start getting outdoors with that. So if, uh, if Oral and I come over. You've got to impress us. What are you cooking? Probably fajitas. Mm-hmm. Okay. Chicken, steak? Steak fajitas. Uh, we'll go a little flank steak with that. Um, I have a marinade that I, that I found online. It's, uh, it's actually Papa, it's a Papacito's marinade because that's my favorite restaurant. Um, I feel like they have the world's best fajitas, so I try to copy their marinade. It's not the same, but it still tastes pretty good. I enjoy it. Kelly likes it. Um, so I'd probably say that's what I'd go with. Are you going to give us any sides? Yeah. Sides, uh, I'll probably leave that to Kelly. She can actually make a, a Mexican style rice that's really good. So, board, how about TV? How about video games? How, what else? Uh, all the above. Um, that's what it's just filling up the day right there. It's uh, video games and TV shows. What are you watching? Have you binged some shows? Yeah, we're, we've been to quite a few shows. Right now, we're watching Person of Interest. Um, it's really, really good. We enjoy it. Uh, uh, a little cheesy from time to time, but that's kind of how all TV shows are for the most part. What else? What else have you seen? Well, uh, you know, we watched Westworld. We watched uh, um, Kelly had never seen Lost, so we went through the uh, the entire Lost series. Yes. Which, um, when you binge watch it, it's almost a little much sometimes, but uh, uh, it still doesn't make the ending any easier. It's funny we uh, on our on our show each week, Max. We give a top four, whatever. Uh, and one of the shows we, or one of the top fours we had was top four shows to binge watch during the quarantine. And my number one was lost. I mean, it's a great show. I've seen it a couple of times. Um, and I still don't understand what happens in it, but, uh, <laughs> you know, that's, I don't think anyone does. That's why it's, uh, it's talked about so much, but it, it, it's a great show. And, uh, uh, I thought it's probably part of the reason why we're really enjoying person of interest. It's got a couple of the main characters on that one as well. Um, in, in different roles. So it's a little, it took a little getting used to, but we enjoy it now. Has quarantine helped or hurt the young married couple? Uh, <laughs> well, you shouldn't say, I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't say helped or hurt. It's, you know, we're, we're great. <laughs> well, that's good. I, I don't think that everybody is probably saying that. Yeah. You spent, I, I've told my wife, we've spent more days in a row together than at any other point in our life. And it's not even close. So, wow. it's yeah, a victory well, it's definitely us. Um, you know, uh, Kelly went back to Texas for a uh, couple of days and it was funny cause you know, we're used to being on road trips gone for, you know, weeks at a time. And uh, she's only gone for two days and we both got back. I was like, yeah, I felt like we haven't seen each other in like months. <laughs> you know, it's just, <laughs> uh, you know, we weren't, we weren't quite used to it, even though this is the time of year where that happens. So you said back to Texas, you've spent most of the quarantine at your place in Arizona. What is the, what have the baseball activities been like through these couple months in Arizona? Um, 
Well, thankfully we've had uh we've had Camelback Ranch opened up. Um, you know, we have a good group of guys going there. We're uh we're following all the safety protocols, of course. Uh uh, you know, it's get your workout in early in the morning, try to get stuff done before it gets too hot out here. But uh, you know, hitting the cage, get some defense. Um, then once a week, pitchers have been throwing to hitters. So it's uh, you know, we're we're staying about as ready as we could, probably. You've probably seen some of the safety protocols for when we get started. Are you guys using those at Camelback Ranch? And there's probably going to be another layer even when there's travel. Yeah. You know, when we show up, we have to do all the, you know, temperature readings, we have to do scans, we have to fill out surveys. And um, if there's any, any, you know, question about it, you kind of just get sent back home. Um, you don't want to, for the most part, guys have been pretty well with that. If guys wake up and they're like, eh, something feels a little off today. You know they're not even going up there because no one wants to put a no one wants to put any of our teammates at risk. So that you know it's been pretty good. I'm going to shift gears a little bit here. I want to go back to high school. What were you like in high school? What was Max high school Max like? Not even just in baseball. What's Max like walking down the hallway? Baseball. That's all it was, man. Just uh, yeah. Um, you know, being a, growing up in Texas, obviously I played football. Um, played football my freshman year. Uh, I felt like I was actually really good at it. Um, I was told I was good at it, but who knows that, you know, the people who say that, uh, but unfortunately I was too focused on baseball and, uh, you know, when, when spring rolled around, it was one of those things where, you know, you have to participate in spring football, even though it's baseball season. And, uh, I tore, tore an MCL, broke a foot, missed my entire freshman year of baseball, um, because of spring football practice, something that really didn't even matter. And that, at that point it was kind of just like, you know what? I'm not going to go anywhere in football that I'm aware of. I'm a, you know, I'm an average sized, uh, uh, average sized white player for, you know, for lack of a better way of saying it. And I just didn't feel like I was going anywhere. So I stuck to baseball. You, I, I was going to bring up the football thing because I think in another, another life, you were probably a football player. Were you linebacker, fullback? Did you have the old Mike Allstott face mask? I went with the, uh, I went with the Mike Allstock uh, neck roll for sure. Yeah, you did. Um, you know, I felt like that was a little, a little intimidation factor going in there. But, uh, you know, the, the, if I'm being honest, the biggest reason I didn't keep playing football was I didn't think I was going to be big enough. And my attitude was um, I was going to run through everybody, whether I was on offense or defense. And, uh, you know, I started realizing when you're not the biggest guy, the attitude doesn't always work. You know, sometimes you have to finesse it. You have to go for the legs. And I never liked that. It was, I was going to run through you and I was going to hit you up top and I was going to do as much damage to you as I could. Um, and then you start running into guys like Henry Milton and, uh, you know, these other dudes that are just gigantic and they're just way bigger than you. And there's nothing you can do about that. Did you try to fake it though? Did you, you know, so you had the neck roll that helped you fake it a little bit. Did you roll the, uh, the shirt up, show off the abs a little bit too? There was never any abs to show. Come on, man. Show off what you had. <laughs> show off the keg. Or no, tuck their shirt in. No, shirt was always tucked in. I, I always, yeah. I always liked the the clean look. I liked the shirt tucked in. Um, I didn't like anything hanging out of the jersey. Um, you know, I like to I keep it professional when it came to the jersey. So, were you a good student? Um, I was an average student. Um. I like the claim that I had a very smart brain. I just applied it to other things besides school. Um, yeah. And I'll stick to that answer all the time. I feel like I'm pretty smart. I just, well, I was never interested in school. Were you a prom or dance guy? Do you have some bad photos back from high school where you had to wear like tux in the tails and it was powder blue or something terrible like that? No. Like I said, when, when it was high school, it was baseball. If I wasn't at school, it was- You didn't uh, go to prom? Uh Honestly, I only got 30 minutes of prom because we had high school playoffs. Uh, it was a uh, the, it rained the entire weekend, um, and it was uh, it was playoffs. And I'm trying I'm trying to remember how this happened. We played the first two games. Of this it was a three game series. We played the first two games, and so it was a one and one. And then it rained, which canceled the game, so it got moved to the next day, which was prom. But it kept raining all day, and then all the games had to be played at one field because there was one field in the area that was all turf. So it wasn't underwater. Um, and because all the games in the area had to be played at that field, our game didn't start until about two 30 in the morning, something like that. Wow. Uh, and that was actually my, my last high school game I ever played. Uh, and it, it ended at like four in the morning. Man. Did you have to disappoint a pretty hot date? <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah. Uh, you know, she, she wasn't able to go to the prom either. Uh, uh, you know, she was a trooper came to, came to the game instead, but, uh, um, yeah, it was just, uh, so I never really got to experience, a experience our prom, which was kind of a, a shame. It was at Texas motor speedway. It was going to be a pretty awesome thing. Really? Wow. That's my prom was at like a, uh, uh, old folks home, kind of like a, <laughs> a community hall where you get lunch buffet. So yeah. Uh, Congrats on the new deal, by the way, and good job by you having the foresight to get that done before the the world ended. You get that done, world ends. You you good? Any uh, any splurges with the new deal? Uh, splurges? Not not really. Um, you know, you, you guys know me. I'm pretty simple. Um, I'm not a you know I'm not a huge fashion guy. I'm not a huge jewelry guy. Any of that kind of stuff. So it's uh, uh you know it's just going into investments and savings for the future and uh, for for my, my future family. And a lot of people know your story, but this is, it's crazy to think about the fact that you have that deal. When you look back at, at getting released by the A's in 2017, I want to go back to that moment. And I know that there are at this point, several options that you start to run through your head. Uh, I'm going to rattle off a few. You tell us how strongly you considered each one of these individual options, but playing in Japan, if there was an opportunity, I was I was going to do it. Same thing with the KBO. Absolutely. Um, if we were able to line up a team, I was probably going to do it. You were going to be a legendary bat flipper in the KBO. <laughs> I don't think so. I, I, I think I think everything I do would be uh, pretty tame compared to those guys. How about indie ball? Um, I don't I don't know that I would have. If it wasn't if it wasn't the KBO or Japan, um, I was going back to school. Okay, and was there ever a moment where you're like, I'm just going to sit here and eat pizza and lay on the couch, play video games, screw it? Uh, no, uh, I don't think there was ever that moment. Um, you know, when I got released, it was go back home. And the first thing I did was uh, start trying to line up, um, you know, classes at Baylor, start trying to line up uh, how I can go back and finish my degree. Um, you know, that's kind of the first thing we did. And, um, you know, we were waiting for that to reach out. And then opening day happens and uh you know you're watching it on tv and that's when it starts kind of the spark spark on the inside that i still i still wanted to play i still missed it um you know i still still love the game and when that when that feeling returned it was a little more serious about getting back into baseball and trying to trying to get another job how did that shape your mentality moving forward when you had it taken away like that and you were not only considering, but planning to go back to school and start a normal life. Um, you know, I kind of credit that to all my success. Everyone wants to talk about swing changes and um, hitting home runs. But to me, the biggest key to my success was just a mental change. Um, you know, when I'm out of baseball, it's uh, uh, the reason why I kind of got released was I started getting depressed. I was, I was not happy. I hated baseball. I didn't want anything to do with it. I didn't enjoy showing up to the field. It was almost like a chore. Um, it, it was just like, you know, it's like that job that you just really hate, you know, you gotta go, you gotta go do this thing. And, and it's kind of like, I hope it gets over really quickly. That was my attitude when I was showing up to the field, it, it wasn't a good attitude. And, um, you know, it kind of reflected in how I was playing on the field. Um, and you get, when I got released, that's when I realized the things needed. well, when I realized I want to go back and play baseball, that's when things needed to change. And so I made that, made that mental adjustment and my biggest thing was I was going to go out there and have fun. I was going to play like myself. I wasn't going to let, any, let anyone else tell me how to play. I wasn't going to let someone tell me, hey, you shouldn't be doing that. You shouldn't be doing this. I was just going to go out there, be myself, and do everything I could and best my ability to be a little kid and have fun. How long did it take for that depression to go away, the gut punch in the morning when you wake up and here I am again? When did you turn that energy? I would like to say it was as soon as I got a call um, to, to get a job from the Dodgers, but uh, it took a week after that, you know, I, I was starting to make the change. And when I got the call from the daughters, I was excited, but the first thing they did was send me to extended spring training in Arizona. Um, and so that's the, the, you know, when that's the first thing that you get, when you're trying to make a mental change, that, that's another gut punch as it is. And, um, but you know, it was kind of a, that's just how they do things. Cause you have to go and get your medicals done. You have to get your blood work. You have to get all this other stuff. So there's only one place they can really do that. And that's in Arizona. And also they wanted to get me some of bats to get me back up to get to game speed before they sent me out to an affiliate. And, uh, um, you know, honestly going out to Arizona and spending time with some of the guys that were there in extended spring training and 
kind of watching them go through their, their day, um, made me realize that I was pretty fortunate to be at the level that I was at at that point, uh, being a triple A player, uh, big league, kind of a four A player at that time. And, um, you know, that's, that kind of sparked it going forward to keep having fun. 2018, you have the breakout season going into 2019. The narrative was, yeah, great season. At least this is the external narrative from a lot of people, but can he do it again? Did you have any of those same questions inside your head? Absolutely. Um, I think anyone would at that point, but, uh, you know, when I, my 2018 was something that I always thought I had in me. I always thought that was a player that I was, that I could be. And, um, you know, once I, once that kind of happened, it, when the off season came, everyone wanted to talk about 2018, everyone wanted to talk about all the home runs and talk about it. And my, my whole goal was not to get complacent with it was to show up next year and act like. I didn't have a job again to act like I had to get, you know, win a spot on the team and, uh, you know, put my name out there so they could call me up if I didn't make the team. Um, I know it's a stupid mindset, but that's just how I wanted to be. And, uh, you know, it, I felt like that kept me working as hard as possible in the offseason. There was a mental shift to come back to baseball and fall in love with baseball and be yourself. Was there a mental shift once the bat was awake at the big league level to find a, find a home on defense? Um. Not necessarily because defense was one of the things that Oakland always harped me about and they wanted me to, you know, move around and be versatile. And, um, you know, I'd, I'd spent so much time working with Ron Washington when I was with Oakland uh, every single day, uh, getting out there on the field. There's one of those things where um, I, I knew that was in there, especially after all the work I had put in. Um, it didn't always show up, but I knew I had the defensive ability in there. And I think it's just one of those things where you have to get comfortable with yourself and, uh, you know, 2018, it's you're finally having some success at the big league level um, on offense, but you're still you still have those, uh, you know, those butterflies in the stomach anytime a play happens. And it's like when that's how you're feeling, you're not going to very, be very comfortable. Um, and, you know, just getting over that was the biggest thing for me. Why do people think you're slow? The body type. Um, I take really long strides, so I never look like I'm running fast. Um, any number of things, really. You're not though. Like, and we can prove this. I mean, I've always been pretty fast, um, growing up. Uh, you know, my, my dad claims he could, he could fly when he was little. Um, I guess that's where I get it from. I know my, <laughs> one of my older brothers ran track. He was pretty fast. He ran the 400. Um, so I did something that runs in the family, but people never think it. You mentioned your dad, Lee, and, and there are a lot of stories about you guys being out in the garage and and working with you on your swing, building your swing, and spending so much time together. I, my son is one and a half. I got him hitting off, you know, plastic, plastic balls, plastic bat, force feeding it to him. Couple questions. Number one, how do I make my son a big leaguer? Number two, is it true that your dad made you a left-handed hitter? Um, I'll, I'll, we'll come back to the first question. So I'll start okay. with the second one. Uh, yes, he made me a, a left-handed hitter. Um, I don't know why he just did. He, I guess he thought that was the, the right thing to do. So uh, from the first time I could grab a bat, he put me on the left side of the plate and ha had me swing that way. Um, you know, that's just something that he, he thought it was a good idea to do that. Um, so that was how I, I learned how to swing left-handed. Um, I'd say naturally I'm probably right-handed. I do everything else right-handed. I golf right-handed. I write right-handed, everything else that way. It's just when it comes to baseball, he wanted me to swing left-handed. Um, and the first question, my, my answer to this is, is the same reason I was able to find success. Make sure they have fun. Um, you know, uh, I, I, it's that's kind of funny. I don't know how I got onto this, but um, the other day I was actually thinking about one of those ESPN documentaries about, and I can't remember what the guy's name was, but he was a quarterback that went to USC. Um, left, I think he was left-handed quarterback. Todd Marinovich. Yeah, Marinovich. And I remember watching the documentary, I think it's called The Marinovich Project, mm -hmm. where the dad, you know, from the first time the kid could hold a football, started working on his form, started working on just creating the perfect machine to be a quarterback. And when he got to college, he hated it because that's all he had ever been ingrained in because he wasn't having fun. And so, you know, my answer to that is just make sure they're having fun. You know, you can teach them anything you want, but if it's if it becomes a chore to them, if it becomes something that's 
oh great we have to go to the cage and work on this or we have to go to the field and you know it, it's if it's not fun to them they're not gonna it's not gonna soak into them and they're not gonna enjoy it my kids are grown joe is raising charlotte and blake is there any family planning at your house there will be kids we're not sure when but there definitely will be um right now we're we're dealing with the dog and the cat that's a, it's a good, <laughs> good adventure as it is which side are you on of that equation are you a dog guy or a cat guy I'm a dog guy. Um, you know, we got Jax last year in August. Um, a little Good French name. bulldog. What? Good name. Yeah, is uh, <laughs> Kelly came up with the name. I don't know how she did it. She doesn't know how she did it, but it, the name's awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah, a little little French bulldog. He's incredible. Uh, he's got one of the best personalities I've ever seen in a dog. And uh, uh, you know, our cat. I love our cat Mia. She's great. Uh, you know, she was she was already part of the equation when uh, we started dating. Kelly had already had Mia for a year or two. And so, uh, you know, Mia has been around and, uh, you know, she's kind of the, uh, she, she's the oldest and she likes to, to prove it to the, to Jax, but, uh, you know, Jax doesn't have any of it. Uh, I, I'm sure you saw the get it out of the ocean home run. This is the anniversary this week. Um, been all over the, Twitter. Yeah, it has. Yeah. Yeah. You broke Twitter for a year with that whole thing, Max, <laughs> uh, as best you can take us back to that trip around the bases. A lot of. A lot of fiery anger in there, you know. Um, it's just starting off the game. He he was yelling at the umpire, yelling at Kike, and uh, um, you know, just right right out of the gate, pitch number two or something like that. He was he was begging for a strike call. And uh, if you go back and watch the video, that pitch is like six or seven inches off the plate. It's not even close, really. It's it, it's not even a pitch you should be trying to get a strike for. But he for a pitcher, it's close. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure, but. Um, you know, he's just, he, he wanted it and then it didn't happen and he gets him out and then I get up there and I hit a home run and he was just, I, he just wasn't having any of it. And, um, you know, me being the guy I am, I get fired up when anything like that happens. And so I, I hear someone yelling at me and I look over and he's, you know, he's, he's barking at me. And I, you know, I, I said, absolutely not. You're not going to bark at me. Um, you know, you want to come at me, then you better come over here and get some. Otherwise, you know, it, you're not just going to yell at me and I, and try to, you know, be the big dog on me. You don't carry yourself like a guy who might have a short fuse. <laughs> I wouldn't say I have a short fuse, but I'm not going to back down to anybody. You know, <laughs> if someone wants to come at me, then they better be, they better really be uh, willing to come. So you wear your armor all the time. You got yeah. your armor on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, when I, when I play, when I play the sport, I, I get fired up. I, uh, uh, you know, I'm ready to get out there and, uh, you know, I'm ready to go to, I'm ready to go to battle. Seems like perhaps out of this moment, there's like this, this bravado and the, this macho persona that's come out of it. Is that because we now know more about Max Muncy or has that whole thing kind of evolved? Have you, have you become that as you've experienced this success at the highest level? I don't know. Um, you know, I'm, I, I, like I said, I'm a fire. I've always been a fiery player. Um, I think anyone that's played with me or against me in the minor league level would say the same thing. I just get, I get fired up and, that's kind of how I've always been um, trying to be the macho guy. I don't think that's me. Um, and if that's how it comes off, that's definitely not what I'm trying to do. Um, oh, maybe it was a bad word by me. You know what I mean though? Yeah. Um, you know, that's just, uh, I wouldn't necessarily say I've become that or I'm letting it become me. That's just kind of how I've always been. When's that game face come on? Are we interrupting it when you come out of the dugout to walk up to the cage and we're around the cage kind of hanging out with the guys? No, it's uh, um you know, like I said, I, I like to be fiery, but I also like to have fun, you know, kind of how I've been talking about. And so, uh, you know, you'll see me all the time being there in the dugout laughing. And then, uh, then literally in a split second, I can be yelling at someone uh, just because that's just, uh, uh, you know, I like to have fun, but I also take it very seriously that I'm trying to win the game. I'm going to start bringing dad jokes to the field. <laughs> well, I mean, during, <laughs> uh, during, during batting practice, you can, you can say whatever you want. It's not going to matter to me. Uh, all right. Just as batting practice. That's just, uh, uh, you know, that's not the game. Well, you know, this year we will also have access to you during the game because you're going to be able to hear us in the empty stadium. <laughs> yeah, I'll be able to hear all the bad things you guys are saying about us. Yeah. Yeah. So watch it. Just don't, just don't play How can poorly he take at all. That pitch, make any outs and, yeah. <laughs> what is he looking at? Max, oh what do you want to do when you're done playing? Uh, I don't know. You know, I've had uh, people, for some reason, that's the number one question people like to ask is, what are you going to do when you're done playing? You know, as if they don't think playing baseball was ever a real thing. You know, what do you, when are you going to really get a job? You know, that's people, it's what it seems like people like to ask. But, uh, you know, I wouldn't mind getting into coaching 
I wouldn't mind getting into broadcasting. I wouldn't mind, you know, there's a lot of, I, I think the biggest thing is I just want to stay around the game. Most likely, um, you know, baseball has been my life for as long as I can remember. And, um, you know, just because I'm done playing, I don't think it'll stop being a part of my life. And so I think, uh, as long as I'm around the game, I think any number of things I could be happy doing. You mentioned the broadcasting thing, oral. What do I say about Max when it comes to that as an option? Just take your time, Max. You'll be fine. You and Ross Stripling and Justin Turner and all you guys just play for as long as you can. Yeah, I mean, I don't plan on stopping playing anytime soon, but um, you know, eventually that day is going to come. Unfortunately, none of us it, get to. It would work as a three-man booth because you have a pitcher and a hitter and a play-by-play yeah. play guy. I would be a pretty good. Uh, it would be a pretty good booth right there. So <laughs> you play for another 10, 15 years, oral broadcast for another 10 years. We do five years of weekend at Bernie's with him, and then you join, and it's a three-man booth, and we can take turns holding his arms up and making his mouth move. Deal? I, I can't wait to tell Stripling this. We're <laughs> uh, going to have a role in there, too. Uh, we're going to do some rapid fire, Max. Oral, do you have any rapid fire in front of you? You want me to, uh, you want me to fire these I off? I want to just let you do it since it's rapid okay. fire. So the, uh, the answer to all these is just going to be one of your teammates. Okay. okay. Best dressed. Best dressed. It's rapid, Max. Go. I know. I can't. I can't. <laughs> you're, you're inspired. Uh, uh, best dressed. Uh, I don't know. We'll pass on that one. Okay. Maybe we'll come back to it. Uh, worst musical taste. Worst musical taste. Um, I can't answer that because it'd be a hard one. Well, because I, I like all types of music, so there's not like, uh, and I don't think there's anyone on the team that's, you know, blaring something that you literally can't stand. Okay, we're over two here. Uh, you still got a chance at it. I'm going to jump data. in, Max. Whenever you struggle with an answer, all the other players have just said jock. <laughs> well, I was going to say jock for best dress because he probably has the most shoes, but he always wears sho- he always wears the best shoes with like you know just <laughs> the worst sweatpants you've ever seen. <laughs> I can't say jock. Uh, uh, put yourself back in school. Who's the one teammate you're having write a paper for you? Trip. Good answer. Teammate you'd least want to date. Uh, one of those future future Muncie's uh, hypothetical daughter. Walker Bueller. <laughs> Uh, and who's the last man standing in a cage match? Last man standing in a cage match. Other than yourself. I'm going to go, uh, I'm, I'm going to go Barnsey. I'll give, uh, <laughs> I love that. I'll, I'll, I'll get a little fire in him. That's two votes for Barnsey. I think that's like three or four votes for Barnes. This yeah. is a podcast number 10. Yeah. And Barnsey has been in there a lot. He's a tough guy. He's I think the finals is Barnsey against Baez. <laughs> I don't know how Baez got in there, but <laughs> Bellinger answered Baez. Oh, that's why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Max, this was a lot of fun. I'm glad you're doing okay. I hope that soon we're seeing you for real doing your thing. Let's get back to this thing, huh? Yeah, yeah. We're all ready to go. We're all waiting for it, and uh, uh, I think everyone needs needs some baseball right now. Thanks, Max. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, before we get into our best thing we saw this week, I want to give you a, not a worst thing, but just a, a horrible life fail happened to me earlier today. So Libby leaves to go to a dentist appointment. So I've got the two kids by myself. This is 9 a.m. this morning, 10 a.m. And I've got the smoothie maker running, the blender running out in the butler's pantry. Walk over to change Blake's diaper while it's running. And you know, normally it just blends longer, no big deal. Blend it a little bit better. Finishing up doing the diaper, and I hear this crash. The smoothie machine, the blender had vibrated its way off of the counter and exploded over everything. 24 ounces of green smoothie all over the cupboards, all over the floor. (laughs) Oh, my God. So I can imagine that was a lot more um, labor-intensive on the cleaning than the diaper. Yeah, the diaper took about two minutes. Honestly, cleaning the smoothie took 15 minutes or so. And I'm hangry. I just finished working out, so I need that post-workout fuel. It gets worse. I don't know if it gets worse, but it continues. I finally get to re- I get it all cleaned up, a couple towels, put it in garbage bags, wipe down all the surfaces, fill the blender back up, hit start on it, 
It's running. I hear Blake start to cry out in the living room. I'm probably just mad at something Charlotte's doing. So I run the smoothie machine a little bit more. I hear him cry more. Now he's like, sounds like he's in pain. So I stop the smoothie maker and I run out there. He's laying on his stomach. He's stuck his hand into the vent on the side of the wall. And it's an old house built in the 1920s. So this big vent panel and his fingers stuck in it. And he's trying to pull it out, but it's stuck. And so he's wailing and now his fingers bleeding. And 35 minutes after it all started, I finally had my smoothie. But that's my, uh, that's my life fail for the day. Now I want to hear some good things. I, I, and, and the thing is, though, is that when Libby gets back, so do you go with the uh, everything was fine, it was no big deal, got it handled, or do we yeah. fully disclose? It was funny. She texted me about a half an hour after that and said, how's it going? And I said, it's good now, but I've got quite the life fail I want to tell you about when you get back. And so I told her about all of it. We had a good laugh. Doc, what was the best thing you saw this week? So I, I saw uh, two things. And, and uh, you know, in the vein of, of what's going on in our country, I, I saw this guy, uh, Emmanuel Acho, and uh, he does the uh, uncomfortable conversations with a black man. And I, I guess he's an uh, ex-football player. And... Um, just it was just really enlightening for me and uh matthew mcconaughey was on the second version of it so for me it was just questions uh, as a black man to kind of hear you know white americans the questions they have and kind of how he answered them and, and asked those difficult questions which was pretty enlightening for me too oral best thing i saw this week is an old teammate and uh he retired in 2018. He was the manager of the Angels, and I got to see Mike Sosha this week, and it was so much fun to hang. We hung out for about three hours, my pet food company, Lucy Pet, and uh, we were doing a little bit that we have a relationship now with the Dodgers, so it was, it was great to have Sosha come out and help us out. How's he doing? He's doing great. He's uh, helping out with amateur baseball. He's doing a little work for Major League Baseball uh, out of New York, and... Uh, He's watching after the family. So I said, you know, am I going to see you next year? Are you going to be managing soon? I think on the air in the interview that we did, he, he didn't say he would be. <laughs> but I think off the air, I could tell from his attitude that if it was the right situation, he'd definitely come back. Oh, man, he's just such a, such a good man. And uh, he's helped me over the years and, and just kind of playing against him, uh, managing against him. But what, what a good, great Dodger, um, great baseball man. So to get him back in the game would be such a win for, for all of us. Best thing for me, guys. I uh, mentioned last week that my parents were making the drive out. They got here late Wednesday night. Best thing was playing Stratomatic baseball with my dad. We both said, like, this is the most we felt like actual real baseball. And in months now, you know, getting the lineup card out and writing it down as if I'm filling out my score sheet. He got to be the Dodgers. I chose the Yankees to give myself a good shot. He beat me 12 to 2. And then uh, Rick, our producer, came over a couple days after that and played with the Cubs against my dad's Dodgers. And even though we're playing with a 2019 set, for some reason, my dad got to take Mookie Betts and David Price from the Red Of Sox. course. <laughs> uh, and he beat Rick. Max Muncy. Five for eight with three home runs and eight RBIs in the two games or something like that. But it was Doc. You ever play any Stratomac? So uh, me, I just turned forty eight. So I think that for me, I just missed the Stratomatic. Uh, okay. I, I think that I've had some. I have some friends that are that are you know a few years, uh, you know, older than me, and they grew up playing Stratomatic. But I never really did. I think that my childhood was more. I guess the old Atari um, video games and it kind of graduated and there were these little handheld baseball uh, football games. It's kind of this old little device. It's just a kind of a handheld you can play with your thumbs. And so I'm really excited that they're bringing the Stratomatic back because it's kind of the numbers. And, and I didn't realize that they do it for the current big league ball clubs. Yeah. I'm bringing it back too, because all the fantasy players out there are probably really attracted mm. to it. Yeah. Uh, the, the star of the Stratomatic League at the Davis House the last two weeks was our guest in segment one. That is Max Muncy. And we talked about his story, Doc, and people know it well at this point. When is the first time you remember laying eyes on Max Muncy? And maybe more than that, when is the first time you remember Max Muncy making an impression on you? I think it was, was it spring of 17? 
Yeah, I think it would have been of 18. Right? Was it spring of 18 he came in with mm-hmm. us? Okay, spring of 18. So he had a good year in 17 with us. Mm-hmm. And we signed him, I think, in you know in March to a minor league deal, free agent deal. And then so I see him in 18 in spring. And he was just uh, a guy that looked like a baseball player, asked the right questions. Um, I love the way he can identify strike from ball. Um, I liked the way that I liked his arm stroke, uh, the way the ball went into his glove. And, you know, there were questions about, can he defend in the infield or is he just a first baseman? And, you know, as you kind of see him and the way his body moves, the athleticism started to show better. And so that layered on with the stroke, the arm stroke and, and the ball, the catching of the ball. I just felt that this guy's a baseball player. So we talked internally about it and just continue to give this guy opportunity. So I remember, then he break camp and then we call him up and he makes his debut in Arizona and got up to a kind of a slow start for the first couple games, but then he just figured it out and um, he just took off from there. Where does Max's personality and fire fit in in the clubhouse? It, it's uh, it, it's right there uh, in the middle. It's an internal burn. And I, I think with Max, um, it's interesting is because he's just such a grinder and has been his entire life. And his parents are fantastic people from Texas and it's a simple life. And he just loves baseball. And now he's never been that superstar. And now to kind of be looked at by the world as a superstar. And there's a transition because it's, you are who you are, but I think that the notoriety uh, that he's getting is kind of, it's an awe. It's, it's different, you know, where, you know, you're Corey Seager, you're Cody Bellinger, you've had this since you were a child. And so it's interesting to see how Max is taking it all in stride. But the thing is, is that he just loves to play the game and he's one of the, the, the leaders on the ball club, which fortunately we have a lot of those guys. You know, when people have newfound success, you hope that they don't change, right? That like the foundation doesn't change. And it seems like with him, that just raw love of baseball and remembering where he was out of baseball a few years ago, he hasn't lost that even as he's become an all-star. No, he hasn't. He hasn't. And, and he just really has that gratitude, loves playing baseball. You know, he can play a pickup game or play in Dodger Stadium. It doesn't matter. He just wants to play. Um, but you see how he runs the bases, how he you know, doesn't give away any pitches, but it is fun to watch, you know, as he's starting to grow into a big league ball player, that swagger that that's coming, you know, and, you know, that confidence and, and that comes with success. So he, he's earned that right. And, and we locked him up to a deal. Um, so I'm very, very happy for him and his family. With the eye see. test, he looks a little slow, Joe, you know, but with the watch, he's pretty fast, Doc. Do you ever say, okay, does he have enough range? <laughs> oh, no, I don't. Because I'll tell you right now, he, may, he might want to fight me if I talk about his uh, foot speed or <laughs> he can't play uh, you know, second base or third base. So he's very confident in, in his ability. And certainly, man, he can uh, pick him up and put him down. So you see him and he hit, hitting homers. But, man, he, he, gets, he gets down that line. Uh, we want to be able to see, see it for real again in 2020 soon. The elephant in the room is that here we are two weeks into June and there still is no deal between the Players Association and the owners. Kind of a hard thing for us to talk about because you don't want to take sides. Neither one of us or none of us are part of those groups, right? We're not owners. We're not in the Players Association currently. It's like, it's, it just, it stinks for everybody, but we got to figure this out. They got to figure this out. There's got to be baseball. Um, Well, I, I think first and foremost, I'm just... And just speaking as a baseball fan, just it's disappointing the way that um, the negotiations have gotten public and, and the way that both sides, to be quite honest, have kind of handled things. And, um, you know, when you're trying to go through negotiations and, and um, the public looking in on baseball and seeing how things are going and it's just not a good look, you know, the optics aren't good. Um, but as far as kind of the nuts and bolts, the conversations, I, I'm really hopeful that we get it done. And uh, I just hope that it's more of a consensus agreement as opposed to the commissioner kind of uh, unilaterally just saying, we're going to play 50 baseball games and then put it in the player's uh, court to either strike or to agree to it. So uh, he has that right ultimately, but you know, I'm hopeful that we can kind of come to some consensus. 
this is a real tough context for baseball because with like hockey and basketball, they've played most of their seasons. They've been paid. They're in the middle of their CBAs where baseball has kind of a double-edged sword that they're working through the working through starting this season and getting an agreement. And then the CBA is right on the back end. So it gets really complicated. And I know on ownership side, you've got, you know, the, the owners that are probably a little more well off, and then you've got maybe the bottom 15 in revenue. So that's tough. So it's not even a negotiation between players and owners. There's negotiations going on inside the owner side, and there's negotiation going inside the player side. This is a this is comp- very very complicated. And I, I'm I'm hoping, and I still hope uh, that they get it done. I've been through a lot of these, and uh, it doesn't seem like anybody moves until the last twelve hours. Kind of the thing with negotiations, it it seems like it's going awful right up until the moment when it's not and they get a deal and you hope that that's the case here too. Yeah. And I, and I think that's, what's ultimately going to get done. Um, but it's just kind of the, the ride that everyone's kind of going through and, and you know, none more than, than the players and, and the owners, as far as kind of the day-to-day negotiations, but as fans, we're all going through it as well. And I, I think that we all have insights, which is valuable, but I, I, to be quite honest, I just don't know enough from the owner side as far as, you know, what they're dealing with the books and um, the player side. And I think I do understand the player side, but you know, when you're talking about, I've never been a superstar player. Um, when you're talking about the minimum, you're talking about the average major league salaries and understanding players only have that window to earn, you know, and, and so you've got to be sensitive to that. But again, there's so much more that I don't know, but it is fun to discuss it though. Yeah, uh, Jason Stark, great writer for The Athletic, had a piece today, and he said, at times like this, neither side should be trying to win or lose, no matter how ugly the relationship or the history. These are the times to shove all that aside and solve those common problems because the solutions benefit everyone. The dysfunction, that just stains everyone. And he continues, being right is not as important as doing what's right. That's something Jim Cott texted him a couple weeks back. And he said, and never has that been more true than at a time like this. We need baseball back right now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the thing is, is that it's a game. Um, it's about the fans. Um, fortunately, unfortunately it is a business. Um, but I think that, uh, Jim Cott and Jason hit it on the head because, you know, especially with what we're going through as a country, we we need this more than ever. And Oral, you've been through a couple of different work stoppages, and um, the, the the CBA, the collective bargaining agreement, is up after 21. But I think to uh, your point right there is, you know, you've got less than half of a season left. Um, the cost of not playing is so much more uh, detrimental than it is to kind of you know, work something out, whether one side is not completely satisfied to get through 20 to then play 21 to ultimately you got another agreement coming up after 21. So um, I just hope that both sides can kind of come to some consensus again. Uh, but trust right now, obviously, is, is uh, hard to come by on both sides. Let's get to our top four for the week, guys. Um, we're going to do top four Simple pleasures. This is a pretty broad one. You can go any direction you want with this. What are your top four simple pleasures, Doc? Um, so, yeah, I, I could have went very broad, um, but I think that the simple was key for me. And and I think for me, simple, me taking a nap, um, <laughs> whether it's during the season and I get up in the morning, have my have breakfast and and I come back, watch some video and and get to the hotel, take a 30 minute power nap to get to the ballpark or right now in quarantine or in the off season to get on my couch and have golf on or whatever it might be uh, a hallmark on that. My wife's watching Uh, (laughs) to take that 30 minute nap is is huge for me. Um, I was alluded to a little bit with breakfast, a cup of coffee. I, I uh, look forward to that cup of Joe every single morning. And what we do is we have this kind of pour over situation. So um, it, it just, it's, it's a treat, you know, we are the Keurig family. And then, so when we did this pour over Mark Pryor, our pitching coach turned me on to it and my life, uh, it was a game changer. So I do the medium Go roast beans. Okay. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So I do that, the, the, they, they grain, the grains and the beans and they grind them up. But I, I like my coffee dark, but Mark, prior is the one who taught me said, Hey man, go with the medium roast because it won't get burnt. And so mm-hmm. that's really, really key for me. Number, th- number two, um, is a sunset. 
And I just like that, you know, living on the coast and to see the sunset, the day's gone, finished, and I can reflect on whatever happened that day, my life and show some gratitude and things that I'm thankful for. And um, just seeing the sunset and a day's work is over is, is a lot of fun for me. And uh, the last one, and we talk about this a lot, is a glass of wine. And for me, there's nothing like popping a cork of a bottle and knowing that you're going to get to experience some some good, you know, red juice, some grapes and, and part of the earth. And, and I just love the conversation, what that means. And a little bit for me, guys, that just allows for me to reflect because I remember being a young kid or, you know, minor league ball player you know, then to big leaguer and just never thinking I would have an opportunity to have such a great family health. And then to pop that bottle of wine is always a chance for me to reflect. I just got a, uh, a shipment by the way, that arrived at the door a couple hours ago from red stitch winery, 12 bottles of your stuff, man. All right. Well, you got to tell me, give me your honest opinion. I will. You know, I will always good to talk to you. Hopefully, uh, maybe even next week, it'll be harder to set this up because you're going to be headed to some kind of spring training. Wouldn't that be nice? Oh, man, that'd be great. I'd, I'd love to be able to do this uh, show, this conversation from my office. That'd be fantastic. Uh, our top four simple pleasures. I'll let you start. Well, it starts in the morning, and it's uh, my wife is beautiful, and she takes care of me, and it's, here comes the morning cup of coffee in bed, mm-hmm. catching up on the news and sipping on the coffee. It's uh Doc does pour overs. What do you what kind of coffee do you do? Uh whatever Dana makes. I'm not picky. <laughs> but we're we're we get the Starbucks get- beans usually, the the you know okay. what is it, the morning roast or whatever it is. And then do you have you're not you're not a Keurig guy, right? Like it's a drip coffee? Yeah, it's just a, a good solid drip coffee. Nice. Number four for me is the feeling of turning pages on a book or a newspaper, actually holding the book or the newspaper, as opposed to digital version. Do your eyes get tired on the digital version compared to reading a book? Yeah, yeah. I think they probably do. I, I wouldn't necessarily say that's why that I choose the hard copy, but yes. Yeah, that's that. W- that's the biggest problem with me with the the digital style. It's just some for some. We got reason. Walker Bueller. Walker Bueller told us the other day that he reads books, entire books, on his iPhone. Just scrolls and scrolls. No way. No way. No. Old eyes like mine. So my number two or number three, we're going backwards, um, is water pressure. A simple pleasure for me is having really good water pressure out of a shower. And we travel so much. So we experience Mm -hmm. all these different showers and water pressures around the country. And it reminds me back to the best showers, and this will be terrible for Dodger fans right now, but the best showers in the National League were the ones in the Houston Astrodome. They yeah. were unbelievable. The big Speakman head and the water just gushed out. And it's, Let me ask you, what makes it, a for you, a good water pressure? Is it the higher pressure, the better, or is there kind of a sweet spot there? No, the higher the pressure, the better. And I don't like it that it's high pressure because it's coming out in little tiny pin-seeking jets. I like it when there's enough water pressure in the house or the hotel that the larger flow of water can come through and it's still strong. So it almost feels like a waterfall hitting you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, boy, come for the Max Muncy interview and stay for oral showers. (laughs) How about your number three? Uh, Anything related to grilling or smoking, whether it's lighting the charcoal seeing the smoke emerge for the first time, the sizzle when you put something on a cast iron and the sear. And then the best part would be the payoff of pulling the bone out of a pork shoulder or slicing into a brisket. There are so many different wonderful simple pleasures that I know you're learning about too. Oh yeah. You know when men cook? When it involves danger. (laughs) Fire. Fire. You like smoke Mm -hmm. and fire and sizzle. Yeah. Sizzle. Yeah. My number two. Uh, no matter how long I've been gone or where I've been or when I get back, the dog's running up to the door and greeting me. Mm-hmm. It is just so much fun to see them, and it doesn't matter how your day was. It's kind of like in the big leagues when all of a sudden you have kids and you have a career and you have a tough game, and the kids run up to see Daddy. That's you know, There's no kids left in the house to say Daddy's home, but there's two dogs. Mm-hmm. My number two is the feeling you get right after a workout. The, you know, both the, the chemical feeling, the release of endorphins, but mm-hmm. also the feeling of 
you've checked that box, you're done for the day. Now you can, especially if you're doing it in the morning, you know, you've accomplished it, you've broken through, and now you've got the day in front of you and you just feel so much confidence and ready to take on whatever comes. I guess I better And what start about number up. one for you? My number yeah, one. Yeah, you need to get back to that feeling. Yeah, my number one started when I was a little boy and uh, it continued on through little league and high school. Uh, and then, of course, the big leagues. It's the smell of fresh cut grass. Fresh cut grass reminds me of going out on the front yard with my dad as he's cutting the lawn as a little kid, then being old enough to push the mower, then going out and helping him manicure the fields at Little League Fields because he was our district administrator, then into high school cutting the grass at the fields as a high school kid that you have to go out after seventh or eighth period because there's a game that day and the coach doesn't have anybody cutting the grass. They're working on the football field. You got to go out and do it and get on the mower. And then the big leagues, you, you get this smell, the fresh cut grass. If you're there early enough in the day and we are, we'll, we can watch them set the field up and cut the grass and, uh, and feeling that grass underneath your spikes and your shoes now and just watching the whole thing come together. You know, they say that, Scent is the sense most closely tied to memory. Mm-hmm. I get that a lot with Makes cooking, sense, for right? sure. From you know, that mm-hmm. smells like mom's apple pie, or that smells like exactly. grandma's this. Yeah, uh, my number one mm-hmm. is, and you kind of touched on a little bit with your number two, but any kind of affection from my kids, mm-hmm. whether it's just an "I love you" or it's a hug. Um, laughing at stupid jokes, hearing the kids laugh, you know, when they're playing together, anything like that. Try to really absorb those little simple moments. How, yeah. You know, the two things I think about with my kids is uh, how we are taller than them for a long time. And most of those mm-hmm. reactions are us looking down and them looking up. And it's so amazing. And then the other time is when you're kind of laying on the floor and you're kind of face to face and you can look at each other right in yeah. the eye and talk to them. That yeah. those two postures uh, really ring yeah. true with what you just said. Yeah, a different take on that today. Blake laying face to face with the vent, and his fingers <laughs> chopped off in it. <laughs> uh, mailbag. We don't have anything in the mailbag this week, so I think we need to reiterate. Send us any kind of questions or topics that you want addressed. Um, you can tweet those at us, or you can now email them to us. Our producer, Rick Kajewski, made an email address for the podcast, specifically for the mailbag. It's off air with Joe and Oral. All those words spelled out, off air with Joe and Oral at gmail.com. We got our own email address. We've Whoa. made it, haven't we? This is awesome. Yeah. Um, first of all, I feel like I should ask, how are you holding up? We, we were not kidding when we told yeah. Max that you were... Dealing with a little something-something in your belly. I got my Max Muncy t-shirt on. I got some sweats. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm having a little stomach flu, but nothing to worry about. It should be gone. The fever broke last night about 2, 3 in the morning. You've held it together very well. I appreciate it. What are you most looking forward to in this week coming up? Feeling better. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. I'm looking forward. You take I'm health for granted. that. Yeah. Yeah, until yeah, you don't know what you got until it's gone. Yep. We won't get into any more detail How on about that. you. What are you uh, looking forward to? Baseball, f- getting figured out, man. Please. I, I, I get it from each side has their argument. I'm not going to take one. It, I just want baseball. Let's just figure it out. Do whatever you got to do to figure it out. That's to both sides. We need this. America needs this now. Yeah, I, I don't even think it's a selfish comment when you say we need it because we hear it everywhere we go now, now that we're yeah. kind of partially out of lockdown, mostly out of lockdown. People when we pass are like, please get baseball back. Please. Yep. Yep. Love you, man. Love you too. Yeah. Love you too. We, we can only say that so many times we need real baseball to talk about. So we yeah. have stuff other than just telling each other we love each other. Yep. Yep. Love you.
Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team.